0: And thank you for listening or whether you're watching we are the Overtones and I'm Jay
1: hello everyone I'm Mike hi I'm Darren hey
2: I'm Mark and this is episode 3 of our Good Times podcast Um, today Good good Times the good times. Good times, baby. Good times. Um, I think today we're talking all about our brand new Christmas single, "Christmas Every Day." I mean,
3: it kind of is Christmas every day now because it's been played on like the biggest radio station in Europe, right? So, well, let's
0: so like, just brag because yeah, when the hell do you get brag. an opportunity to it's brag true. about Exclusive,
3: this? Exclusive, and I think it was the first Christmas song be played on Radio 2 this year. Worldwide. I mean I mean I, mean, I imagine <laughs> Worldwide. I
1: imagine it's not far off because it is the 29th of October. Oh, not it's irrelevant, not mate. even Halloween. It's the yet. first and
3: Christmas song to Bla- be played Bla- hmm. on radio this year. The bless
1: Radio 2 a huge huge thanks to Steve Softley, the producer at Radio 2 Michael and Ball. Uh, Michael, Michael Ball, Ball. Legends uh, yeah. Legends uh, at the Michael Ball show both Friends of them of lege- legends. Really appreciated the support with that. We love the song, we think it's a wonderful song. I gotta say, um, it sounded amazing on the radio. It did, it. it did. We had a good old boo with Michael as well, right, didn't we? We are bragging. Um, you know, so my mom so, said it sounded great. So honestly, honestly, it, this was big props to Mark Franks for bringing this to the table as well, mate. Marsha Fierce, big,
2: big. <laughs> no, I mean, we've got to thank Steve Radio, too, like absolute legends. Thank you very much. The,
3: it never wears off, like. Thirteen years in, just to hear, yeah. hear your song on the radio. Do you know what I mean? Like, as, as a kid, you you dream of that. Like, I always remember being like, I'd love to be in the car one day and and hear the song on the radio. And mm. we have lived that. And I don't know. It's, it's
0: just um, it's it's, it's also something think. really special. Uh, uh, and like. I think we've all been blessed to go into Radio Two on, on on numerous occasions. But I think every time you go there, you go, mm. God, there's some legends. I mean, Elton well, well, yeah. yeah. piano, yeah. That have been in this lift and walked these staircases. And actually, when we went there, we were David David Essex right. was there I mean, today, we'll which is really I think, cool. I think Tony Blackburn as well. Yeah. I you think know, what we
3: cool. do well is appreciate the wins, however big or small. And I think you have to. So it's like it, th- every time you go to Radio, you have to. Be present and embrace it and enjoy it because you know at one point it, it will stop. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's it's an amazing achievement every time we I do. I think
2: it. we talk about like behind the curtain, but like it's quite hard to get your song played on the radio. These really, days. is. Mm. you know, we've been around for 14 years and we've been really lucky over those years. Well, there's like, over
3: 60,000 songs released every day. Well, over, so imagine every one of them artists would love to go yeah. into radio, have a song on radio.
1: So we we never ever take that for granted. Well, completely. it goes it goes to the appreciation, doesn't it? You know, like. and you mentioned it when after we got out of Radio 2 today like it's not it it would be easy to just be like oh yeah our song was just played not only was it played on October 29th (laughs) it was appreciated by you know a senior producer at Radio 2 as well as Michael Ball that is really appreciated by us and the fact that you know we're already getting incredible feedback about the song Mm. people are really enjoying it that's appreciated. You know, we don't take anything for granted, as Mark Merry said. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Jingle the jingle all the way. Yeah,
0: there's definitely a chat about the song, but I, I, I will say as, uh, as well, but um, like your support, you listening right now, um, what goes really well at radio is when people are requesting songs and asking for songs to be played. And so, although this sounds a, a bit cringy, but honestly, if you like the song, make sure you interact with, people like radio 2 and their socials and ask for it to be played because actually that really supports us and that helps us continue to get the unbelievable support that we do at radio so just want to make that i just want to make that point because again i think a lot of people take for granted the power that they've got in requesting songs Mm. so just want to put that out there but we should definitely talk about the song yesterday what
3: did we do
2: Oh, we we shot the video. We shot the video. Let's take it back, though. Let's
0: take it back, because, again, this... What did we do the day before that? (laughs) (laughs) What was I doing a week ago? (laughs) Um, But where did this song come from? Because we do owe a particular member of the band a bit of props. Mark
3: Franks, a.k.a. (sighs)
0: Marsha fierce. Uh, so, so <laughs> where did this
2: come from? Because um,
0: you told Daz about it before you me told A&R, me and Mike.
2: A and R for, for anyone that doesn't know is uh, artist and rep Well, and well they're, there's,
3: <laughs> there's No one po- knows. <laughs> there's politics in a band. So, like, bless Mark. Because sometimes you have something in your mind and you're well, like, I think this is a great idea, but I don't want to get knocked down. So he felt that like I was just the right person to come to. Wow. Well, so so what I was, to. was? I'm a person.
2: Uh, <laughs> I've liked this song for quite a few years now. Um, the artist, David Archuleta, um, he, I think he was runner-up in American Idol. I'm looking at Tom American Bull, Idol. Yeah, he was. American Idol, um, maybe sort of 10 years ago. And I've kind of followed his career quite loosely. Great songwriter. Then, yeah, brilliant yeah. songwriter. He's had some amazing songs, but only kind of like made it in the States, really, not not really sort of come overseas. So I've kind of followed, followed his career. And then he released a Christmas album four or five years ago. And, um, yeah, I just whacked it on the uh, on the iPhone. And uh, Wait a minute.
3: You're
2: like, wait a minute. And I was like, what's this song? I was like, I had it on shuffle. I was like, this, surely this is an Overtone song. But
3: you start shuffling. Because,
2: like, actually, we... I mean, if you hear David's version, like, we've not really changed it up that much because when I heard it, I was like, this has got the Overtone's written all over it, mm-hmm. like, down to the production, like, the message, it's like, the harmonies, song, like, it? the... the you Know it's got a pop, pop sensibility, but it has that vintage feel. Oh my gosh, I just There's thought, this so is... many words at us, I
0: love it. <laughs> pop See? sensibility, do you can we believe we got that in a podcast? <laughs> and
2: my yeah. so you played it to me, didn't
3: you? I
2: played it to you, so I thought, right, I've got to be cunning one about by this. One, yeah. If I just if I drop it on all of you together, you'll all have different opinions, and then we'll, we won't get anywhere. So I played it, I played it to Darren sneakily, and then go on, what did you think of it? The
3: best for that's rare. <laughs> no, they're, I that's so hard right I, now. I saw I saw it. I believed in it. Yeah. I I got it. I didn't think you would actually, but you did straight away. Yeah, you were like, yeah. I'm on board.
1: Yeah. Ma- Mickey C, however, took a bit more time to thaw, didn't you?
3: Yeah, Mickey C wasn't convinced,
1: were you? Straight off the bat. You know, you know what? We we've got this thing in the group, There's four of us, and the majority rules, right? And I was we you know, you, you debate you debate the merits uh of, of anything. And you then take a vote on it, if we're still kind of down the line or whatever, take a vote on it. I was outvoted on this, and I'm so very, very glad that I was because I'm just totally in love with this song. I'm totally in love I mean, with it. I mean it's in, a great In, in, great in great Mike's song.
2: defense, like I I'd loved it for a while. So, you know, I'd I'd had time to love it. Mm, do you know what mm, I mean? Mm. Whereas I was playing it you for the first time. So I think it obviously was gonna take a few plays.
0: Yeah. But yeah. well, what was great was about this evolution of the story and the journey of you boys introducing it to Daz and then introducing it to Mike and then getting knocked back. You then talked to me about it. And I was like, I absolutely loved it. hang on a minute. I sent
2: sent him the link. And about a week later, I thought, oh, we would have listened to it by now. So I just asked him and I was like,
0: what did you think of that song I sent you? And he was like, did you send me a song? Yeah, (laughs) I did. There was a lot of things going on at that moment. Um, But yeah, and and we were playing Reading. We had a show in Reading at the time. And... uh, i'll never forget it because uh we got really excited i think we had a show the night before and we made the journey we were like oh my god all of a sudden this plan could come together and we could do this song we could do this great and we were like oh my god we're we're so killing it but mike wasn't in the same car as us so we were like oh gosh but mike doesn't like it but we really want to do this plan and so i remember we were on stage uh doing check at ready And uh, we said to Mike, we've got this really great plan. What if we did this, this, and this? And we were like expecting him to go, oh, I don't know, lads, I don't know about the song. And to, to Mike's credit, he went, yeah, okay, that sounds really great. <laughs> it sounds really great. And we are like, and we were dancing, me, me, Mark, and Dad were dancing around the stage going,
4: woohoo, we love this, great, That's we've great. We've got a plan, we can agree on it. Yeah, yeah. We've um, yeah.
0: It's great. And it was, yeah, it was a really, really nice moment. And in fact, I think that day was also that we were talking about different things and the um the concept of what we would do the song for mm. um which again it's got a a a lot of um uh, yeah obviously a lot of heart behind it and a lot of passion but um but it first of all we decided to do the song because it was a great song and equally it was going to do amazing on this good times tour um get everybody singing get everybody dancing as a foremost but um yeah then we started to talk about something else which was which was really cool and that was the the diabetes element to it. I remember being
3: in the car speaking about it on it was on the way to Derby. Oh
0: um, gosh Derby sorry we'd, not we'd, Reading. We we'd,
3: we'd recorded the um our Christmas skit with Father Christmas that morning and then we headed to Derby I remember. and yeah. was on the phone. We said it'd be great to uh to release a single but to 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 try and do some good to try and raise some money for a wor- you know a worthwhile cause and and obviously there there's so many causes but one that it was it is very close to us um especially for the last year or so is a uh, diabetes right jay um and and the diagnosis of of your son having type 1
0: yeah so uh, just to bring everybody up to speed um on the 22nd of august last year my son franklin he was 3 at the time and um, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes now um i uh, knew very little of type 1 I in honesty I, I completely confused it with type 2 and, and didn't really realize the sin- sincerity of it or the seriousness of it and what was really weird about the whole thing was actually I started to work with a guy uh started to manage a guy two months prior to Franklin's diagnosis uh, in Tom Ball who you've already heard from uh, Tom himself is type 1 diabetic and uh, I found out about type 1 diabetes through him. He's going to join us uh, in a little bit to talk more about that. But um, it's really strange how things happen in this world and the universe kind of does things and you go, you know. Um, so anyway, Franklin was diagnosed and, you know, I, I, we found out as a, as a family that he would need to be given insulin manually for the rest of his life. It is a um, – currently it is an incurable um, – uh autoimmune uh condition and it's brutal it's absolutely savage and I think um we didn't realize the impact that that would have on our life and I remember again speaking to you boys about it and the support that you gave particularly because I was very flaky at the time and didn't really know what what we would do as a family um and you know I think Mike said something which really hit home to me, which was the fact that we would be able to deal with it as a family because we're the type of people that can deal with that thing. And that really meant a lot. Um, so anyway, over the over the last year, um, yeah, we've learned so much. Like Victoria, my wife has been amazing, my daughter, and like Franklin for us is like this little superhero. I want to put this into context for any mum or dad or carer out there, if you've ever taken your baby to have an injection or to, you know, just have immunisation and you realise how much pain that they go through when they have one injection, imagine 10 of those every single day for the rest of your child's life at this moment. That's how brutal it is. And if we don't manage his blood sugar levels, um, he could die, quite frankly. You know, this is like uh, managing... Uh, fighting a tiger every single day uh, making 300 more decisions than anyone else the upside is you can live with it but you've just got to manage it every single day and the the way that you boys have understood and been so supportive of the things that we've been through as a family and what's more have used this platform our blessed platform as a group to be able to raise awareness for type one And all of its misconceptions and its lack of awareness, there's only 400,000 people in the UK that have got type 1. There's 6 million people that suffer with type 2 and that's never to take anything away from what that is, but they're very different. Um, So to raise awareness for type 1 and to raise funds uh, through the proceeds of this single to go towards my diabetes story which is a platform that i'm launching with some amazing individuals to create support peer support and elevate um awareness is is absolutely stand up and it means the world absolute world to me and and the family and equally so many families out there that are listening to this right now um so i really appreciate that to you you know, you're like brothers and best mates, and I, I really genuinely appreciate that, mate. It's um,
1: I, I I think it goes without saying that you know it's a it's a of course our absolute pleasure to support as as best we can, um, and an honour to support as well. Uh, as as we mentioned, we we recorded the music video for this um, yesterday, and it was probably you know I don't know any music videos we've done now. We've probably done six or seven. And this was by far the most wonderful experience we've had. Um, again, we're behind the curtain, so I can give away a fair amount of of, of the details. But where we our families are involved, it's a, it's a, a, a about a Christmas. It's a Christmas family, a Christmas scene, a Christmas day, a Christmas celebration. But we've also uh, invited in. Uh, members of the Type One community Avengers. Uh, to, yeah, to the Avengers uh, to come in and uh, join us in the video and uh, to uh, and also kind of uh, um, indicates the support that this song has for for you know these these uh, JDRF and uh, uh, Diabetes UK and obviously through my diabetes story and and you know we we've we've been pretty vocal about the fact that we were completely ignorant to it and in many respects we still are because as you kind of educate us on a daily basis you know there is it's such a complex um difficult heartbreaking uh challenging uh condition um and from my point of view and i know the boys feel the same you know you franklin victoria nova and and you know tom and everybody else within the the Type one community that i mean they're inspirational to us you know so it's it's we see your struggle on a daily basis. We hear your 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 heartbreak that is is a continual thing, and it's hard for us to see that, and it's hard for us to 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 watch you and your family going through it. So, you know, what we're doing is literally the the, the smallest amount of something we can do that contributes in some way, like you say, to funds, to awareness, and and you know it. it's our honour. That's the big,
3: that's the big thing for me, the awareness, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like you say, I I kind of knew about type one. I didn't, if you would have asked me, you know, before, before Franklin's diagnosis, I wouldn't have been able to give you any kind of details, but it's so much more serious than I thought. And what a lot of people think people naturally go to the type two, I think, which, you know, you can live with it and it it might not cause any, you know, great change or harm to you. Um, But, like you say, type one, it's, it's, it's a lot and and it affects everyone around the person, especially if, if they're so young. So if we can bring any kind of awareness to that, I think, I think we're doing a great thing. I think it's important if you can kind of if you don't mind, like telling people how the diagnosis came about because that's insane to me. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you didn't have any direct symptoms, right? No, well... It, Not it, that you knew of.
0: No, no, no. And and it, it's absolutely on point because uh one thing, and, and so many people don't realize because e- equally, I didn't completely naive to, to type 1 as I think we all are and have been. Um But every parent or, or or person that that, that has type 1 it's kind of like what were the symptoms what, what what was going on and there's this thing um that is known and i think if you can shout about this it's really great and that's the T's. so um basically there's thirst um so uh, as, as a kind of real simple breakdown to type 1 diabetes it means that you don't your pancreas doesn't create insulin you need insulin uh, to be able to break down sugars, to be able to to break down sugar in order to move, to speak, to think, to operate, to live. You need to be able to utilize that sugar to turn into energy. And if you don't do that, um, you'll basically just got sugar and glucose all running around your body. So um, you essentially, uh, you, you, you can um, you end up getting really thirsty, um, toilet, you end up, the only way to get rid of the sugars is to go to the toilet. So a lot of uh, parents cite the fact that the, the children wet the bed quite a lot un- out of character. They wet the bed um, and then obviously they drink quite a lot. Uh, the other thing is th- uh, is thin. They lose weight dramatically. And that's because, because they can't burn um, the energy from the glucose. They start to burn fat and they start to burn muscle which then you lose weight. And then what happens is you can get this thing called ketones, which is kind of like an exhaust of a car. If you thought that, if you think that an exhaust is blocked, then it's going to blow up the car. Well, like ketones are poisonous and toxic to the body. So that means then, again, that could be pretty fatal. And that's where DKA happens. That's diabetic ketone acidosis. And that's really incredibly fatal. And if you know, people go into DKA, there's a good chance that they could die or get seriously, seriously sick. So it's really important to spot those symptoms before those things happen. Um, so yeah, the 40s, I would definitely check. I'm, I'm trying to put this together, but definitely check out the 40s uh, to find out more about type 1 diabetes. Can you just say, can you just say the 40s in a quick succession? Yeah, success absolutely. Again? So you've got toilet, you go to the toilet a lot, you get, thir- you get really, really thirsty, um, you can get really thin, and then you get really tired. So as a byproduct of, again, burning all of this um, fat muscles, all that sort of stuff, you can get really, really tired too. So you can genuinely see that those symptoms happen, but you don't really recognize them until after you've been diagnosed. And a lot of children are, are become quite sick around when they return um, back from school or at the end of periods of time in school, because kids are really tired, or it's at the end of the summer where it's really hot. So, you know, the fact it's really hot and, they're, you know, they're being masked because they need more water and whatever else. So again, it's so easy to miss. But if now, thanks to the incredible work of charities like JDRF, Diabetes UK, who are direct beneficiaries of the donations from the sale of this song, they're able to now slow the process down. They're able to figure out if you've got a higher percentage, uh, you know, probability that you may get type 1 and are able to slow that process down, amazing. which can be amazing. And it's, it, it, it seems like we are so close. The, the, the diabetes will, uh, type 1 have, have been talking about a cure for 10 years, every 10 years for the 40 years. But having conversations that I've had, we are so close thanks to the technology that we've got now and thanks to the incredible research and work of these charities. So, um, you know, again, I would plead anyone, not just because it's a great song and we sing it, but equally it's going to go to a a, a great, great cause. I also speak from um, a parent's background. I will never, ever know what it is to live with type one or how difficult that is. And the truth is some of the, the most amazing people that I've met in this world are type one and they take on life with such passion and ease and everything's okay. Um, and so it's really great that we've got, again, our special guest on tour that joined us on the last uh, podcast to to join us and give us a little bit more insight being type one diabetic himself, just to give us a real indication of what it is to live with type one and what it means to him for you know our support collectively. So Tom, on, Tom. he's coming in. Tom, uh, come in, man. Hello, again. <laughs> hello, mate. You, you you've probably obviously just heard elements of that conversation. Oh, it's incredible. And um and so it's it's a weird one to sort of label you. And I know the early conversations that we had about um, type one and your uh, diagnosis and your story in many ways. But what amazed me about when you told me this was uh, that you were type one. It was probably about a month into us working together and you were quite secretive and not really public about type one. And, you know, and yeah. that was for the reason, and I'll say this because I know you you probably won't because you're that guy, but you didn't want this to define you quite rightly.
4: Yeah, I, I... I, growing up, I, when I first was diagnosed with diabetes, I was very young. I was eight years old. Uh, I, I didn't know what it was, really. I didn't know the severity of it. My parents kind of had an understanding of how severe it was, but I, I didn't know. So when I first went into school, I was shouting about it and being like, oh, you know, I'm diabe- bi- diabetic. Can I Can I talk to the class about it? And I quickly realised that I didn't want that kind of attention I didn't I didn't want people looking at me as the diabetic kid I wanted to be Tom who happened to be diabetic so I just I didn't talk about it and when I was moving to secondary school I was still on pen injections um which is injections about 10 times a day depending on if it's a good day or a bad day um and I realized very quickly that that draws the attention Straight away, if I'm sitting in the lunch hall and I get, I lift up my top or I get a needle out in school, everyone's gonna go, What's he doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I didn't want that attention. I, did, I didn't want people asking me questions or just seeing me as a condition. So I, I ended up kind of uh, going to the music rooms to eat my lunch by myself and I do my injections in there, uh, which. It sounds awful that I kind of hid myself away. Just to make it clear, I was very, very happy. Mm. I love music, <laughs> but I did make that decision. One of the biggest decisions was to try and not be in the eye of of everyone else doing my injections. Um, and so I just didn't talk about it mm. at all. And, and it wasn't until Britain's Got Talent and uh, kind of gaining the profile, like you are using your incredible profile to, to raise awareness that I thought, actually I should probably start talking about this. Uh, and actually spreading awareness It was a moment in school That highlighted it for me It was after Britain's Got Talent And I was in my Because I didn't talk about it on TV at all uh, The producers knew It wasn't like I was secretive about it Because obviously if something goes wrong I'll
0: go, I'll go as far as saying this And I didn't know this um, But Tom, <laughs> Tom Tom was actually in hospital um, Like near on 24 hours Before he was in the final of oh, Britain's wow. Got Talent oh, no, yeah, yeah. with <laughs> with ketones, wow. uh, which are, as I just mentioned before are toxic <laughs> to the blood and, and poisonous and, and potentially quite dangerous, um, mm. and 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 but
4: again you didn't you just cracked on <laughs> to put that into perspective. I, I, as I've been diabetic for oh, I was eight years old. I've had it for sixteen years, seventeen years, I think. My maths is awful. <laughs> yeah. um, you're a teacher. <laughs> I know. Mass drama. Teacher. drama. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've only ever been in hospital five times since that moment. Mm-hmm. So just before BGT finals, was one of you those think that? Would, would
2: you think it was something to kind of be affected by the likes stress. of stress? Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah.
4: during my GCSEs and any exams, I remember going in to speak to my diabetic nurse, uh, and she said, "This month is a write-off. Don't worry." We're not going to check up on you. We're not going to kind of give you a load of kind of uh, stick about how bad your readings are. Right. They're going to be bad. Manage the best you can right. because stress really and what, why is that
2: it. from a, um, forgive my naivety, but no. from a, like a medical point of view, why would it be
4: stress? So we're... just for listeners, I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> <laughs> so anything I say, yeah, do yeah, go yeah. check, uh, you know, check for yourself and make sure. But from my understanding of it uh, is obviously with stress and any kind of emotion, your body releases chemicals, uh, hormones, and everything like that, and it all has an effect on the whole functionality of your body and how it uses glucose. Um, for one example, I can give, um, which is weather. Snow, for example, makes me hypo, and it makes a lot of diabetics hy- hypo because your body has to burn more sugar. Mm-hmm. To to keep warm. Just just
0: for clarification, that anyone knows, a hypo is basically when your blood sugar levels drop. And genuinely, uh, with someone with a working pancreas, your blood sugar ranges stay between four and seven, uh, roughly. Uh, But obviously, with um, someone with type one, they can manage it's like spinning plates constantly. So, if, uh, for instance, their blood sugars are high, they need to inject insulin to bring them down. But if that calculation is wrong, it means that they can drop, and then they can hypo. Equally, other things affect blood sugars. It's not just food intake. It's as Tom says, mm. weather, it's emotions, temperature, exercise. exercise. Oh, yeah. There's so many other things that have uh, a, uh, have an impact. So you're constantly, yeah. So based. in terms,
1: sorry, sorry to, to to jump in here. So in terms of like, because in the last episode we talked about, you know, you still get nervous when you're on stages. Are. So is is that an, a factor as well? Yeah. Just yeah, just yeah. just your, your normal. Every day, your job, going on stage, feeling a bit of nerves, and that affects your readings. Yeah,
0: tell tell him you've got to you've got to tell and share everyone about America's Got Talent and the fact that about five minutes before he was going to go on stage to uh, probably perform (laughs) the the biggest ever performance of his life in front of millions of people, I looked at his readings because I was obviously they were on my watch as well, and he was dropping. Very, very quickly.
4: Mm. What, did you, okay,
2: what, did you, what
4: did you do with that instance? Then? I had a, I, I overtreated definitely overtreated because I came off and of my readings were going up. But I had a whole bottle of glucoside.
1: Okay. I was like, was that like to, to get me through this performance? I've got to go. You
4: make sacrifices. Right. As right. The, the the more confident and more you learn about diabetes, there's moments that you just go, I've got I'm, to I'm I've got accepting to it's going I'm gonna have a rough night, mm. but this right now is so <laughs> important. What does a rough night mean? Oh, you're up the whole night. You know, you're checking your readings every uh, 10 minutes, uh, maybe 30 minutes if, if they're starting to look more positive to potentially do another injection. Uh, or you're just feeling so rough that you can't sleep. Right. Um, Can I ask as well? Yeah. When, so when you...
1: Because, uh, again, you know, we talk about the, the, the toxicity of, of ketones and things like that. When you feel rough, yeah, what what does that rough feel like? Do you know what I mean? Is, yeah. is, is it flu? Yes. Is it a cold? Is it aches? it different, different question. in every
4: diabetic. Mm. Every diabetic um, presents uh, symptoms in a, in a different way. Some same as others, but it, it's very varied. For me, when I go high, uh, I get quite agitated. Uh, I become very short. Uh, and I, I feel, um, I get an awful taste in my mouth and very, become very thirsty because mm-hmm. as you become diabetic, you, First is one of the symptoms. Um, I also feel very lethargic and drained and feel like I have no energy. Uh, It is a big kind of emotional one for me. Less so for hypo. If I go low, it's more of a a physical reaction. But when I go high, it's much more of a mental reaction. And the physical reaction of a hypo is that... I get dizzy. Yeah. Uh, You know that feeling when you go down a hill Mm -hmm. like really quickly and your stomach goes? Mm. Imagine that. For 15 minutes straight. Like you the one of the droppers exercises at um a fair where your stomach just goes, Oh my goodness, I'm falling. I'm falling for 15 minutes. Like free falling. Oh, That's yeah. and it is at that level as well of just kind of, mm-hmm. oh. Uh, and then I get really sweaty. Um and I for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I I wanna be on the floor. Uh I can't, like if I'm hyping in the middle of the night, my wife wakes up and Sees me sitting on the floor.
3: I get that. You want to feel grounded, you want to yeah. be, I don't know. There's
4: something in that. How how often
2: would you say you have like <clears throat> um like an undisturbed sleep? I mean
4: I had a good sleep last night. Okay. That's I good, good today. I tell you so, so I don't think we've mentioned it, but um we've spoken about it off off camera, but um the closed loop systems where I wear a continuous glucose monitor that tests my blood every five minutes that speaks directly to my pump to tell it whether it needs to give insulin or stop insulin to try and help me. It doesn't take away the the condition, but it, it, it does support. Since turning that on, I've had much better sleeps because it's helping me and assisting me. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I probably got up most nights.
1: Right. So I've, with this new technology then? Yeah,
4: yeah. Do, does it take away
1: the need for injections no so you, so so with so you said on average about 10 injections a day what with this this technology on what so is
4: 10 injections a day is if you're injecting with pen mm-hmm. pen so that you have a vial of insulin and you put a new needle in every time you inject and dial up how much insulin you need um a lot of people and some people can't and we, that's part of the reason we need to continue the battle for diabetes is is give everyone access to the fantastic technology that is available uh it's pumps so i wear one of these which is a needle that's consistently consistently in my stomach um and it injects me every five minutes with insulin to keep my levels from going up or, or or if if i didn't have it potentially down if i did some exercise um and so this stays on me the whole time two days it lasts before i have to change the change the needle. change it when you shower no i keep it on when i shower as well right. i um i disconnect i disconnect it so i can go have a shower uh but, but it's, it's, okay. some of them are waterproof
0: it's with it's also just with shouting out because we just talked about symptoms but every as tom said every uh, type one diabetic is different so they will uh suffer from different Um, symptoms at the moment franklin is reasonably symptomatic he's only four so we never really know what he's going through he's been there's a a hypo is when your sugar levels go below 3.9 and so franklin as we found you know we've sort of tested him and he's been at like 2.8 which is Scary low, uh, and he's been trying to do handstands. Mm-hmm. So um, there's uh, a, a girl that, that 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 we know. Many people will know Roxy, um, who's an incredible uh, advocate and ambassador for Type One. Uh, she also happens to be the partner. She's she's a model, gorgeous, beautiful person as well. But uh, she's also Jack Whitehall's partner, and um, she was diagnosed with Type One diabetes. Uh, a couple of years ago now, the same night that Jack was presenting the Brit Awards, uh, Jack makes a joke that she thought he, he, she, he thought she was passing out because of Harry Styles' performance, but it was actually because she went to DKA. She does uh, loads of different awareness for what type 1 is, and it, when she hits a certain amount, she passes out. So you can imagine if you have just in that situation, you pass out, you're only, your sugar levels are only going to go lower. So again, incredibly fatal. Uh, potentially deadly. So that is, again, every type 1 diabetic is is completely different. And also, just to mention, um, because we're talking about CGMs, which are glucose monitors, um, we talk about the advancement of technology over the years, which has been amazing. Prior to these little discs that you may see people wearing on their arms, which basically have got a cannula which sits just inside the skin and is able to tell you via a mobile phone or a watch What your blood sugar level is at that particular time has been revolutionary and a game changer. It doesn't take away the idea that it is incorrect um, for, you know, the majority of the time you do still have to do finger pricks, which was a technology before then, which is essentially a mini blood test. You just stick a needle in your finger and then you get a a monitor and you check what blood sugar you are. So um, if you imagine what we're talking about with blood sugar levels and stuff, the idea that... Prior to Franklin having a Dexcom, we were probably doing in excess of around 45 to 50 finger pricks a day uh, nice. on a three-year-old child to check that he was
4: in range. Mm. I used to call my fingertips my pin cushions. Mm. Oh, because wow. literally, okay, that, yeah. they were calloused. They, yeah. were, they were awful, and I used to have to find a soft bit of skin. So, so you can as imagine...
3: As the not more advanced. At this well, stage. there's some. So there's, there's,
0: they're getting there, and do you yeah. know what? In the last, uh, particularly in the last three or four years, it's been absolutely game changing. And I will take the opportunity as well to to say that you, it's we are incredibly, incredibly privileged uh, that our postcode dictates the fact that we can get that technology for Franklin. There's some areas around the UK that don't have that technology, children and whatnot. However, the uh, the government and the NHS are working. There's people like Parthikar, who's the diabetes lead, who's an incredible guy. He's been a trailblazer in making sure that every child and every adult can get access to um, the likes of uh, Dexcoms alone and you know, uh, things like pumps, that again, stop the injection or make it a little bit more simpler through uh, pumps and things like that. Um, My diabetes story, um, I just want to talk about that because we did mention it a little bit earlier, but um, there's a real gap um, in the support for type 1 diabetes. There's so many different things are quite disjointed in spite of the incredible work that the charities do, one of the biggest things and experiences that I felt as a parent for someone with type 1 is the psychological and um, support, basically, for each other. And it, it just so happens that we, we are approaching World Diabetes Day and um, Tom actually went public about type 1 on World Diabetes Day last year. And at the same time, as well as the many conversations that we had, um, I decided to share Franklin's story, our story, the same day, uh, which is really weird, a year ago. Um, Now, the support that we received as a family after sharing our story um, was absolutely phenomenal. And it's been a game changer for Victoria and I and our small family. The, The way that the whole community were sharing their diabetes stories with us to help us. It allowed us to understand that we weren't on our own facing this. And that is one thing I think, even you know, if you're a diabetic, the stories that Tom has told me, anyone else, and then the parents of, you just feel like no one really understands. And that is because of the lack of awareness for the condition. People think, you know, and I've We've been there where, blessed. the incredible fans that we have, say, he's going to be all right, he'll get over it. And I've burst into tears knowing that he won't. This is incurable at this moment in time and it's lifelong. So there's loads of things like that. But we are launching a platform called My Diabetes Story for the idea that anyone with type one, whether you be with it, a carer, parent, friend of, you can go to this community and share your story and feel support from everyone and anyone within that hub and, and peer support. Also, it's a platform where we can bring together incredible voices um, influencers to again collectively lend our voices to raise awareness to raise awareness about the symptoms so we can slow down uh, the potential process of any more people you know, we can fundraise potentially, then leading on. Obviously, our, our, our ideas are to fundraise, obviously, for JDRF, Diabetes UK, which you boys are, are obviously fully um, behind and instrumental in doing. But equally, then to build on from that, to be able to provide support for families that haven't got DEXCOMs, to fund them, to provide a support line, a 24 hour support. Our incredible NHS is amazing, but they are absolutely stretched. And you know what, from the hours of six o'clock until eight o'clock or over the weekend, there is practically... zero support for anyone that knows what i'm going to do or what franklin yeah. is doing in the middle of the night yeah. so we want to try and do so so much to try and support a community which quite frankly are getting on with it with themselves mm-hmm. how does, they're um, managing and doing it themselves how
2: does the uk compare to say someone like the states then in terms of uh, actually, support and actually awareness and...
0: incredibly incredibly supportive um as forever you know, we are incredibly fortunate to have the NHS and the support that we do have. In America, they're not even funded. They're not even funded. And I heard an an analogy recently uh, by someone that said, it's like a snake bite. So imagine being bitten by a deadly snake. Uh, You've got that venom inside you. And someone says, we've got an antidote. If you give yourself too much of that antidote, you're gonna die. If you don't give enough of that antidote, you're gonna die. Yeah. Well, that's what type one is. In America, you've got to pay for that antidote yourself. All right, of course. Yeah. So there's so much there's so much work to be done. This and without sounding like an an activist, um, you know, our work and your work and your backing and anyone that's listening or watching to uh, get involved, educate yourselves, tell others, share. By the single I know that sounds really pluggy, but it genuinely it, it really really helps people you know uh, from our community and um yeah it's you know it's really great that we've been able to have a conversation today and um, it, like anything whenever you start to talk about type one with anyone there's a real genuine genuine interest and in like gosh i did I had no idea exactly, and you can talk for all day about that but This brings it round to one last thing that, you know, I know that we want to cover collectively, and that is not only are we trying to raise awareness, profile and funds uh, for Type 1, um, but also as we embark on this 27-day UK tour, what we are doing and we sort of put it out there to you listening and watching, what we are trying to do is we've got the amazing backing from our promoters, uh, who have allowed to uh, allowed us to give a designated number of VIP tickets for every single show to fundraisers uh, volunteers from the type 1 community to come to our shows to bucket collect for donations for their specific charity there 's so many people running marathons doing incredible work to raise funds. Yeah. Uh, we are calling on volunteers and Charity workers fundraisers. And we want to give everybody an opportunity to come and raise their voice at our show. And then, what's more, have a really good time. Mm. Have a really, really good time. So if you are interested, um, just drop us an email. Team at mydiabetesstory.org. We're going to be doing uh, relevant social media and coordinating. Um, The boys, everyone is massively behind Back in this community to make this a little bit better for everybody that lives within this world, and the fact that we're doing this during Diabetes Awareness Month in November, and generating all of of this voice and this work uh, around World Diabetes Day is is quite frankly just absolutely amazing.
1: Just as a slight logistical thing, Jade mentioned about the fact that we're going to have a bucket collection uh, at the shows. most people don't carry cash anymore, so please, if you're going to come to see the show, go and raid your 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 crap drawers in your kitchen, or whatever. Bring behind your shrapnel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, behind the sofa, underneath the cushions. Bring your shrapnel, the tray in between the two seats in your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Empty all that, <laughs> throw bring, it along. bring it along, so you can throw it in the buckets, and it'll um, be really greatly appreciated. I just,
3: I just want to say, like, to, to to you two and the wider community, obviously, like on behalf of me and the boys, I think it's commendable mm-hmm. what you guys are doing because. From no choice of your own you've been affected by it it's the card you've been dealt like that's a fact yeah but you are taking it upon yourselves to make a difference and to try and help and I think that's amazing so yeah. we're just honoured to be involved mm-hmm. and to do whatever we can to help
0: thank you for that's everything you do yeah well that's that was uh, well it's the last episode and it feels like we're uh, ending on uh, you know a really positive note in what we're trying to do this month uh, and what we're doing for this tour and that is to create an escapism not just for everybody else out there to come to our shows and have a really good night and a good time to bring on Christmas but equally I think it's proved to everyone that we're, we're doing that for ourselves as well, mm, right? Mm, we love, we absolutely love what we do. Um, we're incredibly blessed to be able to do that and we don't take that for granted. It's because of you listening or you watching that we're able to continue to mm. have good times um, so thank you so much. Come and, and, see us on
3: stage. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah. see Tom on stage. Come uh, and see exactly. Tom's dad at the merch stand. Yeah, <laughs> <yeah,
0: laughs> uh, old Chief Inspector. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, you know, and if you're watching this and you haven't got your tickets, please do come along. We are. We promise you a great night out. Leave your troubles at the door. Leave the world outside and come and have a great, great kind of uh, night. the theobertones.tv. I'd just, just like to say,
3: we do appreciate any sacrifice that you're making to come to a show. I know mm-hmm. you might hear people say this, but genuinely, uh, cost of living crisis, we get it. If you can make that sacrifice, we promise to give you an amazing night. If you would love to come, but you just can't afford it, Uh, Send us a little message and, and, you know,
0: we'll see what we can do. Absolutely. I'll I'll jump on and say there's so many people that come to our shows on their own. And every single person that comes on their own is welcomed with open arms by our Toner community, Mm. which is absolutely insane. It It, is amazing.
1: Honestly, the amount of people we spoke to Michael Ball about this earlier, the amount of people that um, meet lifelong friends after coming on their own to our shows, um, is absolutely beautiful. Come on, yeah. Tone Virgins. What are your fans yeah. called? Oh, um, yeah. The,
4: the ballers. 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 The, the
3: Toners ballers. and the Ballers. Oh, yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> the come on. Come on. with yeah. the Toners. Um, Please to tell ball. me it's
4: Ballers with a Z, though. It has to be, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Um, guys, I think we're going we're gonna to sign out on that note. Sending lots of love. Wishing everyone plenty of good times. And... Uh, this, uh, raise some money for an amazing cause. The five of us will
1: see you on tour. See you on tour. Let's go. See you later.